Life Audio. There is an often overlooked directive in the beginning of this passage of scripture that makes a huge difference for how we understand the way Jesus pursues us. We're going to dig into that today. After a quick word from our sponsor, we'll dive into today's episode together. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Today we are picking up with day three of our study on the Samaritan woman. We are in John chapter four, verses one through 42 is the passage that we are studying. I'm going to read the beginning part of the focus of what we're going to be talking about today. So starting in verse one, it says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat weirdly beside the well at about noontime. So there's a phrase there that I want you to pay special attention to when it's talking about going from Judea to Galilee. And again, this this content from this devotional, audio devotional, is a brief snapshot of the in-depth study that we do in the She Hears Bible Study. And I would encourage you, this week especially, is so valuable where we look at the history between the Samaritans and the Jews, and we look at some of the racial dynamics that are going on here. It's so valuable. But this section where it says, he had to go through Samaria, um, that's really important and it's going to be where we're spending a little bit of time today. In the Bible study itself, you will see a map where it shows the typical route that the Jews would take to go from one point to another. And what you'll see is typically what would happen is they would avoid Samaria. There's a number of reasons for that. Some of it is safety. Some of it is um, the racial tension between the two. But but my point is, is that is not the typical route. The typical route would be they would cross over the Jordan River. They would walk up alongside of the Jordan River, and then they would cross back over the Jordan and go up into Galilee, uh, enabling them to completely avoid Samaria. You can look at um, most Bibles in the back of your Bibles will have a map. You can look at that map to kind of look, look for Galilee, look for Samaria, look for Judea, and then look where the Jordan River is. And you will see how they would cross over, come all the way up, and then have to go back over into Galilee. And you'll get an idea of what I'm talking about if you, if you don't have the Bible study. 
But this this verse in verse four, where it says he had to go through Samaria on the way. I don't know if you picked up on this, but that's not necessarily consistent with what the the Jewish culture would have been doing at that time. And so in the past, when I've read that, I always thought it was like a travel directive, like you had to go left in order to get somewhere. But in this case, it's the opposite of what you would think. And so um, in in the study, in the She Hears study, we spent a long time learning about the the history and like the rift between the Samaritans and Jews. And so not only is it not true that Jesus had to go through Samaria directionally, but it's also countercultural. And so this phrase had to go, it comes from the root word day, D-E-I. And this word day, it means a directive coming from God as part of his plan. And so we see that phrase used elsewhere in scripture. One that's really important is Matthew 16, 21. I'll read it for you. It says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciple that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. In my Bible, it reads, he must go. It's the same phrase that's used in John 4, 4. The same word that is used when talking about Jesus had to go to the cross, it was never an option not to go. It was part of the plan, God's plan. It was God's directive. And so how does that change anything? Well, if we think in terms of what was about to happen in our story, in the Samaritan woman's story, it means that God had a plan for Jesus to be at that well when the woman came. So he didn't just happen to be traveling through, and it wasn't just a shortcut to get to Galilee. And it wasn't just this typical travel route for the Jews that he was traveling with, and he wasn't there because she invited him. Do you you follow what I'm saying? His pursuit of her was not accidental. It was intentional. Jesus breaking these cultural and religious traditions of the time, he sought out this woman. He was there. To pursue her. And you know, he pursues you with intention too. That's your heart check for a minute. Do you realize that the God of the universe loved you so much that he pursues you with intention? Take a minute if you need to. Take a minute and reflect on that. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking about how Jesus pursues us even when we don't want to be found. Stay tuned. So there's something I want to show you with regard to this location of this conversation between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. We're at a place where we know Jesus, who is obviously acting despite the cultural and religious norms. He's pursued this woman with intention and he chooses the location for this encounter to be where? Oh, well. So let's spend a little time on that. In this patriarchal society, meaning patriarchal, meaning um, like the men were in charge, you know, of everything. Um, But they were particularly familiar with the Torah. And so John's audience would have understood that a well meant something a little bit different than what you and I understand. Um, So... To demonstrate the point, I think it's important to look through some scriptural examples. And we could go through a lot of them. Um, I think I'm going to go through one in particular. 
This is from Genesis chapter 29. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it. For out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large, and when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep, and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? They said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. He said to them, Is it well with him? They said, It is well. And see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. He said, Behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well, and then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with the father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now, as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept out loud, and Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Jacob told Laban all these things, and Laban said to him, Surely you are bone and flesh. He stayed with him a month. And then this uh, chapter goes on to talk about um, the storyline of Jacob and Rachel. And I think that's important because there's a couple other places in Scripture we see this happening as well. Um, You can go and look up Genesis chapter 24, starting at verse 9, Exodus chapter 4, starting at verse 15. And what we'll see is um, familiar stories of Jacob and Rachel and Abraham and Rebekah and Moses and Zipporah. All of their relationships started at a well. And in this culture, these stories were ones that Samaritans would have known. And you know, there was disagreements about how the law was kept, but they did in fact keep the law. They knew the Torah. And so the well was often the center of this social scene in so many aspects. And throughout scripture, the well hints of this type scene repeated over and over, which basically just means it's where people start the path to marriage at a well. So what does that mean for us and our Samaritan woman? This may not have been her intention, but we know that it's not a fact that is lost on Jesus. And remember, he does everything with intention. So I'm not insinuating something inappropriate. Stick with me here. The word well that is used here, page, it means a well fed by a spring. And so this place that served as a meeting space for Jesus and this unnamed woman was not just a place to draw water from a cistern. Instead, it was a source of supply for their community. And so in addition to typically being a setting for marriage or betrothal, the well was a representative of everything that sustained life in that culture. And so relationships were developed and cultivated at the well. If we think of what the well would have represented to John's readers, it becomes very clear that this meeting spot was intentional on Jesus' part. He would become the source of supply. He would become the bridegroom of the church. And as the Samaritans come to faith in Jesus as the Christ, I want you to realize this. Jesus pursues us with intention. It's who he is. He seeks us out. And sometimes in that exact moment that we don't want to be found. That's how much he loves us. Do you get it? I want you to spend some time reflecting on what that means for you in your own life.
Jesus pursues you with intention. And friend, there's one more thing. He's never going to stop. Lord God, thank you so much that you are the one that pursues us with intention. That no matter what we do, no matter where we go, no matter how we think we are hidden, that you pursue us because of your love for us. Lord, help that truth to resonate deep within our hearts and our spirits and our minds. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.